Welcome to the Success is Subjective podcast series brought to you by collegealternative.org presented by Lilly Consulting. I'm your host, Joanna Lilly. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Timmy Brooks. Timmy created Synergy following his graduation from Cabrini University, motivated by his own experience in addiction and recovery. He built Synergy on the values that he lives by, community, process, and accountability. Aiming to instill these principles in the framework of Synergy, Timmy has emphasized the importance of action through the recovery process in order to prepare residents for life after Synergy. On top of Synergy, Timmy continues to spread his message and personal experience all over the country, speaking to schools, teams, and other communities. His story is one that highlights strength and hope, the foundations for what Synergy has become. In his free time, Timmy is a dedicated family man, participates in his own 12-step recovery program, and continues to pursue competitive sports. Let's not wait any longer. Here's Timmy. Timmy, <laughs> super excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you for taking the time to uh, be interviewed. I'm super excited because I'm actually here in Pennsylvania and we're doing this in person, which is uh, not always the experience that I have nowadays, but thank you for letting me do this. Yeah, thanks for having me. Super stoked. So let's just dive right in. Why don't you actually tell the listeners, where did you grow up and what was the messaging that you were hearing from your family and then also kind of the community in which you were raised about post-secondary education? Yeah, great question. So I grew up in the suburbs outside of Philadelphia. Lots of opportunity, lots of uh, ops to do, to participate in great schools and great family system, sports, athletics, the whole nine. And for me, there was, within my family, there was a, felt like a pretty appropriate balance of, we want you to do what makes you happy. Um, and then in my school systems, there was absolutely an expectation of, uh, part of what makes you valuable to this world is how you succeed academically, which school you go to, and inevitably leading to the money you make and what that how that comes to be. So that's really where the pressure kind of came in to specifically go to college, not just go to college, but go to a prestigious school. Yeah, and my my journey was um, one that was always like school to me was always tied to sports. I really aspired to play lacrosse in college and I looked at school as a prerequisite to play sports and hang out with my friends. I did not really look at it as a pathway to learn. And, um, (laughs) yeah, I know. Right. And, and so, yeah, it's easy for me to sit here now and say, wow, I wish I had, I had had a different take on that. But in those moments, what's interesting is like, I can confidently say that's where I was, but my approach to attempting to go to college was also, I want to leverage this athletic experience to get into a college that I wouldn't or ordinarily be able to get into with just my academic grades. But I wasn't doing that because I wanted to participate in like an intense academic experience. I wanted people to value me as a person because they would then know I was capable of getting into that institution. Wow. Okay. So now I'm just curious, like what, what ended up happening after you graduated from high school? I graduated from high school with a game plan to go to University of Richmond on a lacrosse scholarship. And I showed up shortly before I graduated. I, I had really experienced like first tragic loss in my life where a buddy of mine passed away in a car accident. And, uh, you know, if I was being honest with myself, I totally fit that mold of someone that was struggling with addiction, keeping a lot in the 
under the covers in how I was thinking and feeling about myself. Went off to college and I was, I, I only made it six weeks. I basically spent six weeks in my dorm room watching all six seasons of The Wire and doing a ton of illicit substances. Didn't really go to class um, and, and I left. Uh, but but in, a, in a very on-brand way, I left by painting this picture of the world that I had a shoulder injury and I made a huge mistake coming to this school and what's gonna be better for me is to go home, get healthy, uh, with my shoulder and reevaluate where I want to go to school for more of an academic experience, right? Like that's what I told myself. That's what I told my peers and people bought it. Mm, I feel like this is just teeing us up for like a really good segue to what actually happened next. Uh, yeah, I mean it, what happened next is, you know, today very characteristic of what I see happen to a lot of the guys that you and I serve in those families is I went from, having a lot of fancy things in my life that I felt good about that were pretty artificially made, uh, structure around school, athletics that I excelled in, intimate relationships that made me happy, uh, friends, families, parents that had their kids that wanted me to babysit them because they perceived me to be this man of good character. And I quickly went into school, dropped out, and all that stuff went away. All my friends were at school, there was no structure and routine. And what I came to depend on to have fun, which was predominantly drinking, smoking weed, uh, creating these circumstances where I could maximize a good time, became the center of my existence. And I I really identify today with like just the compulsion of thinking about and always planning like what's going to be that next fix. And it, it drove everything. It drove the relationship with my families, which was fueled on dishonesty and manipulation. It fueled my lack of ability to execute an internship. It fueled the my my lack of interest in doing the things that when I was 12, 13, and 14, I had a, a really good time doing. And inevitably, my, my decision-making became worse. I started uh, selling weed with uh, some people that I knew and began to live like a really cryptic double life of you know, trying to maintain the status of portraying to the world that I was a sound human being with great things on my horizon, but then also digging deep into this avenue of like waking up in the morning, you know, knowing that I had a ton of things in my car that I shouldn't have, seeing that my mom had moved my car to a different spot in the driveway and being like, oh my God, this is over. And then going downstairs feeling like, you know, oh, she didn't find it. Everything's fine. Let's just get to the next Mm. day. It makes me actually think as you're talking, I'm not going to be able to recall this, but there is a quote that exists out there about the like person wearing the mask, that if you wear the mask long enough at some time, at some point it becomes your face, which also is obviously whoever actually came up with that quote. I apologize significantly for butchering it, but what I'm getting at is at some point, like you're saying, like the, like living the double life comes to a head, right? Mm -hmm. You have that, that fork in the road where you really have to ask yourself, like, do I want to continue to live in this cryptic way, this dishonest way, this like non-values aligned way with how you were raised, how you really want to be. But now this is just like the situation or the circumstance you've kind of created for yourself. And so at that crossroads, obviously there's an opportunity for change. So, and here you are much older than 18 years old, you know, like you didn't just move back home from the university of Richmond 
fill us in on some of those experiences that you had kind of leading to where you are now, which you kind of planted the seed like a little bit earlier, but I want to make sure that we highlight exactly what you are doing. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it was, a you know, sometimes I tell people like I experienced like one of the most expensive interventions that my parents didn't sign up for, which was a bunch of detectives rolling into my kitchen and, and telling me, exactly how my life was going to operate from here on forward. And um, I'm extremely lucky to come from a family that has a tremendous amount of recovery. I've got a grandfather that recently celebrated 50 years, dad that just had 29 years. And a lot of my experience as a person in recovery was about uh, being positioned in areas to take advantage of what they had experienced had worked for them. And certainly a big part of that outside of uh, recovery fellowship was uh, going to treatment and having good clinical care and subscribing to the principles of structure and routine and surrounding myself around others that made recovery look attractive. That journey was uh, as big of a bear as as I've ever experienced. Moment, you know, and I look back and like a lot of us that have that as a part of our journey, like amazed that the moments where I felt like I was on the edge, I didn't I didn't fall off and. Um, and for me, I didn't, you know, what I relate a lot to for younger guys that are exploring recovery or families that have sons or daughters that are, that want them to embrace recovery is I didn't, I didn't find this way of life and come to embrace it as a result of wanting to find a sober life. I came to it by having enough consequences in my life where I saw the only course being taking direction today and taking direction today led to really not things getting better, things just becoming less hard in a very slow course and, and facing the music, right? Like facing a series of legal consequences, you know, coming to terms with the fact that my mother cried for a year, understanding the impact of that the best things that I participated in life, my school, my teams, uh, communities, like I was in circles where people said things like who you are and what you do is a representation of this school, this classroom. And I operated from a stance of like, not if you don't know what I'm doing. And I learned the hard way. Like my case became extremely public. I was all over the news. And the best thing that did for me is it actually showed me through experience and like learning these lessons in hard ways that I was pretty frightened by like how my actions had manifested into who I was as a person. And I, and I really got to a point through those mistakes, believing that like, it's no longer justifiable for me to believe that like if my mom had just said something different, everything would be okay. Yeah. Which was so much of like every jam I got into. It's like, no, you just didn't do it the way I wanted to. And so, you know, that whole process took shape and, and I'm so blessed to have like the support systems where like I spent some time in jail. I got out of jail. I was so lucky to go back to school. And today I, I have this amazing life of working with a lot of really, really great people in a, in a really cool men's and women's community based a structured sober living program focused on like let's help people heal and mm -hmm. position a lot of those things that I was lucky to experience early on in front of them and have process and purpose take shape to like allow that healing to take place yeah so I'm gonna actually just tell you to shameless plug where oh. is this structured sober space yeah. right the the programs that you've you've created and maybe give us like another like you know little tidbit that feels like maybe it kind of separates you from the masses that exist out sure. there. So we're in Westchester, Pennsylvania. We're about 30 miles west of Philadelphia. And for a series of years, um, our bread and butter has been a young adult male, emerging adult, primary substance use, 
um, post-treatment uh, structured sober living program. Our process is focused on helping these young guys build a life with a foundation of recovery. Goal being, let's make this thing portable. Let's get positioned in front of people that make recovery look attractive. And then let's also, while we're doing that, build something that we care about. Let's get back to school. Let's find a job. Let's evolve relationally. Let's practice, learn, and execute those skills that are required for us to have in order to be successful in independence. How do we communicate with family? How do we spend our money? How do we show up for our responsibilities? And so we've been super lucky to have this experience and it turn into step-down collegiate recovery programs and an alumni base and just, a, you know, I'm a sports team guy. Like, I love this element of, of teams and culture and, like, and being a part of something that's here where it has an energy and people can come in and feel a part of it and, and do it right. And, and then recently we've, we've evolved and opened a women's program with a totally separate facility and separate team with a similar template, but less beds, same staffing structure, a little more personalized, um, but with a very similar focus of like, we're gonna, we're gonna stick to, to what, what our strengths are in terms of community culture and access like the amazing recovery network and clinical services that are local and make sure that the people we care for have a really good setup across the board from community, culture, clinical, family, relational activities so that we can find purpose and, and really make this thing go in a good way. So I'm going to ask you this question because I ask every single one of my guests, mm -hmm. do you see yourself as successful? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's all in, in perspective and... I'm the kind of guy that I might do a lot of things that, that people would throw compliments at and I make a couple mistakes and my focus on wanting is wanting those mistakes to be different. And so I am super grateful for the opportunities I've had and I, and I have a lot of belief in what we do and the success that's come and the execution of practicing a recovery process that works for me and doing my best to be a leader for others in the programs that we operate to establish that like we need you know we need more people in the world of treatment that practice the principles that we're looking to treat in our programs and to me it, there can be a lot of minutia in what gets done and what services are offered and at the end of the day that i think the most important thing to me is like do what you say say what you do communicate really clearly and focus on that and 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 i love the way we do that and and so i i consider myself successful i want to learn more i want to be around other people that can that i can learn from and, and so there, there's always like that punch list of like, what can we do more of or what do we want to do or what are we not as strong as we want to be at and get better? And naturally, I think a lot of my focus is, is like in those areas, which are in real time may not feel as successful, but when I'm in a seat where I can reflect back and look, I'm, I'm really proud of, of what's been done. So I'm going to follow this up by now asking you the question, which I think it, I'm, I'm really excited to ask you this, no pressure, because really the, the profile, right, the premise of who you are really focusing your work around, being that young adult, the launching into adulthood, like truly launching into adulthood. Um, I, ask, I always ask the question, you know, if you could give one piece of advice to a young adult, what would it be? And I really want to actually tailor it or tweak it just a little bit so that you are really kind of honing in on giving a piece of advice to a, a potential synergy guy, mm -hmm. right? Like what advice would you give or gal for that matter? So what advice would you give to that young adult? Yeah. You know, there's what I pretty consistently look to connect with someone on is this, this idea that like when we're young, there's so much curiosity and uncertainty around this process of recovery and accepting what's being offered. 
And the biggest question mark that I had and that I see a lot of others have is even if I do what I'm being asked, is it going to turn into something that I'm happy and okay with? And what's packaged into that thought is often, am I capable? Can I? Will I? Is it possible to trust these people? All the above. And my, I think it's really unrealistic to like in the prevention world to preach a abstinence-based prevention process. And I think it's really unrealistic to look at young people that are in early recovery continuums and expect them to be all in on the life of recovery that one who has established recovery is. And my focus and direction is almost always geared towards like, what can we get committed to today for a short amount of time? And if your short amount of time in your head is six months, that's great. If your short amount of time is 90 days, that's great. If it's 30 days, but what absolutely has to be solid is that like in that period, we are going to go all in like this process. It's just so, it's so difficult and challenges us to, to do so many things that are uncomfortable and face so many hard moments of vulnerability that to be 80% in and be willing to do the work for five years is not enough. Like it's not enough. Like we gotta be able to go all in. And, and so my, my strategy and like the advice I often offer in that space is like, you know, what do, what do we have to, what do we have to lose? And then it's, it's kind of about that, like how we work with families, like what are the, what are the leverage points? Like, let's talk through, okay, so you really don't want to be where you are. What are the alternatives? Like, are you in a position where family is supporting you financially and you're kind of through that lens of what they're willing to do? Or can you go cowboy on life for the next six months and see how it plays out? Is your drug of choice something that's going to take you to the grave or do you have a little bit more leeway in terms of what kind of damage you can cause? And what I see a lot is like when we can come from a position of like talking to people where it's not like this perception that one has a horse in the race, but it's more about like, dude, let's just talk through this and get a sense of where are you and what are you looking to accomplish and talk through your ideas and how you think you want to get there. And perhaps invite you to have this mindset of like, I'd be willing to listen to others and learn through them. That's where like, I really think we can create a foundation for real change to happen. And the magic that occurs within that, if someone can participate that I've seen is then through their experience, they can have a hard moment. Like, I don't think progress is really just not like avoiding turbulence and having everything be great. It's, it's very much so experiencing life, having all that crazy stuff happen that happens with family and relationships and jobs and schools and goals. And it's always when it doesn't go well. And like, that's the game day where we get to showcase, are we going to do what we're comfortable at? Am I going to call my mom and complain to her and get her to talk to my dad and knowing that he's going to push a button to my dad, that's going to create a chain reaction so I can get what I want. Or can we talk to a therapist? Like, can I, can I get plugged into my recovery community? Can we, can we try something new and when people do that and they get through it and then someone can say, hey, let's take a look at that. Like, let's look at the fact that like for a series of months, years, this has been your theme of operating. And today you just did something different. It's it's game changing. OK, so obviously I think people are going to want to get connected to you. So how how can folks reach you? Um, folks can reach me my email. So synergyhouses.com is our, our website. Uh, my email is timmy at synergyhouses.com. Um, the cell phone number on the website or the, the phone number on the website is my direct cell phone. You can call it or text it. Um, so no, I appreciate you asking that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think, so this is 
it's always, I, first of all, I appreciate you taking the time to, to share. I mean, this is like a, a brief snapshot into your journey, fast forwarding up to where you are now, obviously. And then the shameless plug for the work that you're doing, which is very service driven, right? Like you are giving back. And so I think it's always important for me to just express my gratitude, but also to highlight, like there's somebody that's listening to this, that's going to either hear your story and say, that's my story, right? Like I need to connect with Timmy because like, I need you in my life. Or it's just a parent who's listening and saying like, oh my gosh, my, my young adult is very much towing the line with a similar path. And again, thank you for sharing your story because it feels more urgent to us now, uh, to, you know, get our young adult into care. Uh, but regardless, right, for whatever reason somebody is listening to this, um, my hope is that they will connect with you, whether it's to connect with you personally, to connect with Synergy Houses, like whichever, uh, but they will do that. And all of the contact information will be in the show notes so they can reach you, text, phone, email, you name it. Um, but thank you seriously yeah. for taking the time to do this. And thank you. You're doing incredible work. Like it says a lot about the folks in this field that will take the time to travel and ask the hard questions and and really put the families first in how we want to guide people to embrace this process. And so, and, and the podcast is awesome, right? It's like you get, you get this incredible platform to talk to other people, allow people to learn from one another, provide opportunity for, for folks to grow and really learn. And that's, we need more of that in this world. That's it for this week's Success is Subjective episode. I want to thank my guests for joining me on this week and for being willing to share your journey. This podcast would not exist if it wasn't for people such as yourself. Stay tuned for the next episode where you can bet it'll be another amazing human sharing their personal story with the world. Make sure you check out the show notes where you will find contact information, website details, and all social media for our guests. And also put a face with a voice by accessing their interview on the newly formed successissubjective.org website. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, you can email me at joanna, J-O-A-N-N-A, at successissubjective.org. I would also be remiss if I didn't tell you to check out the collegealternative.org and lilyconsulting.com websites for additional resources outside of podcasting. If you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, please do me a favor and subscribe. And while you're at it, feel free to leave a review. You can also download to listen to Success is Subjective on any other popular podcast apps such as Amazon, Audible, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. And last but not least, Success is Subjective is listener-supported, made possible by me and by you. You can show support for the continuation of this podcast by donating on the successissubjective.org website. Thank you for tuning in, and remember, there is no single path through life. Success is what you make it. Do you have a teenager or young adult who seems to have lost their way? Maybe they need help navigating adolescence, adulthood, and decisions surrounding higher education. Or maybe they have become withdrawn, their grades are slipping, or they are flat out living a reckless lifestyle, and you're concerned about their health and well-being. If this describes what your teen or young adult is facing, a therapeutic consultant may be able to help. Mental health, addiction recovery, and higher education can all be equally expensive. While information is everywhere, how do you know what option is the best one for your family? Some parents have the time to research and navigate this on their own. Some don't. 
If the latter applies to you, enter Therapeutic Consultants. Therapeutic Consultants, like Joanna, listen to your family's specific needs and advocate on behalf of your loved one. TCs will research therapeutic resources, recommend treatment programs, and assist during adulthood transitions. Not being affiliated with any program, their support is completely objective and catered toward the best interest of each unique family. To find a qualified therapeutic consultant to work with, check out TCA, also known as the Therapeutic Consulting Association. Their website is therapeuticconsulting.org, all one word. Again, that's therapeuticconsulting.org. Then click the Find a Pro tab up at the top.